Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Support for Born Ready to Pod is also presented by, you guessed it, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping two million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Fellas, ladies, mostly fellas, though, for this one. Apologies, ladies. I started this podcast a while ago with some friends, and I never thought in a million years I'd become so attached to an advertiser. I mean, the moment that they started advertising with us, they sent us their product. Yes, that's right. Me, Chris, Jake, all got the Manscaped lawnmower back. That was about a year ago now. And I gotta be honest, I've, I've, I've told you this same song and dance before, but I use it all the time. I absolutely love the new lawnmower that they have. And I got something, a little something for you, just for me to you, for the holiday season. You're gonna get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's a whopping 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh, oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Well, everybody, I just want to say that uh, that was pretty much the worst Pacers game I've seen in a calendar year. Uh, that was just straight up um, a choke job. Uh, Pacers were up 17 at one point. If you followed the game, you're probably feeling fairly comfortable there in the third quarter. And I think, boys, what we just saw was White Nate's first introduction into uh, what it's like to be an NBA head coach because I think we can all agree he left the bench in way too early or way too much, way too long. Uh, completely changed the lineup after starting uh, 3-0. and And at the end of the day, he trusted Miles Turner to run with that second unit instead of Sabonis like we had been the first three games of the year. And I think it absolutely cost us. Chris, I know we were having discussions throughout the game. Would you like to elaborate, my friend? I'll let Hot go first. You can tell this game has taken a lot out of Chris. And you know, there's <laughs> this game took a lot out of me as well. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, I was pretty high because, I mean, we dominated that third quarter. Miles Turner was hitting threes, yada, yada, yada. It's hard, to, it's hard to think about the good stuff that happened because that fourth quarter was just so bad, honestly. I mean, I thought the turning point in the game, is, even though we were down a little bit, is when T.J. Warren fouled out. And then the lineups from there just didn't make any sense. And before that point, they left in, you know, the second unit way too long. So, I don't know. Chris, we need to hear what you have to say right now. I think this is just – I'm not mad about losing this game. I think it just is kind of like bringing back 
you know, what happened over the weekend with the Colts. They lost a 17-point lead. And then as soon as I saw that we had a 17-point lead, I I knew the game was over. Um, It's just the way it works. You know, both Indiana teams within a 48-hour period losing a 17-point lead when things are looking really good. And so, yeah, I'm I'm very frustrated with that ending. Um, The bench was in there way too long in the fourth quarter. I mean, Oladipo was feeling it tonight, 24 points. Played really well. Brogdon was playing well. Not a great fourth quarter from him. Um, Sabonis, you know, I mean, you could say he struggled. He didn't get a lot of shots compared to what he usually gets. He only took 12 shots. Um, He was getting completely eviscerated down the post. Um, Tristan Thompson was up his butthole the entire night. I mean, God, what does the man got to do to get a foul call? Almost had a triple-double, even with that happening. So, other thing I'm pointing out here, too, as well, I mean, the foul calls, I mean, they were literally letting these two teams just tackle and, and just, you know, hit each other the entire game. And then the fourth quarter, they, you know, the whistles just kept blowing um, specifically in the Celtics favor. That doesn't surprise me uh, considering they're playing against the Pacers, but the Celtics shot 37 free throws tonight. The Pacers shot 16 free throws. So, I mean, I'm not a math wizard, but that's it. That's over. Pacers didn't even shoot half of what Celtics did from the foul line tonight. So very disappointed. I'm pissed off. Um, but I think, you know, this is only game four of the season, so it's not that big of a deal. But uh, the reason why I'm so pissed off, I think, is just because it's bringing back flashbacks of the Colts and their loss and, and how they're going to miss the playoffs this year. Uh, one thing I, I just want to hit, there were there were a couple very questionable decisions by White Nate in this game. Uh, Chris, as uh, I'm sure our listeners don't know, but we we definitely bet the over on Sabonis points with the 200 point profit or 200 profit boost. Um, and this was the game that Nate decided to not play Sabonis with the second unit when everyone knows that's where he gets his points. He decided to stick with Miles Turner. Turner had probably the best game of the year for him on the offensive side of on the offensive side of the court, but. The big issue is it completely threw off Sabonis. He never got going at any point. The pick and rolls were just not what they normally are. And at the end of the day, I think White Nate tried to be too cute, and I think it cost us the game. And at the end of the game, I can't think of one reason why – one reason at all why uh, Justin Holiday is in the game there late. What's – what? Why is he in the game? Why is it McDermott in the game on the offensive end? You have you had two timeouts still to spare, and it, there's just absolutely no excuses for having uh, Justin Holiday in the game and having him be the guy that come coming off the pick and roll. I know T.J. Warren was unavailable, but I mean there are just so many questionable things that happened in that game, and I think this was the first time White Nate was tested, um, and I think he's going to learn from it. I mean I'm not going to complain about the guy already, but. I mean, that's kind of the first big, big time crunch time thing we saw, and it just didn't go our way. My question is, what is different between this Nate's offense and the old Nate's offense? Last year, we shot, I think, the league worst around 28 threes a game. Going into this game, we're at like 28 and a half. Tonight, we shot 22. I mean, we have the same rotational players. I mean, what is there any discernible difference out there that you can tell either one of you? Go ahead. I mean, in terms of, I, I just, I think that 
I, I feel like the energy around the team is just different. Does that make sense? I, I just feel like we have a little more, uh, a little more get up and go. And I think we believe in the coach more. I just think we play harder. Um, and we seem to have this belief in what he's calling. Whereas I think sometimes against sometimes with the other Nate, um, it was just like, we're just doing this. And we knew that we were going to have some bullshit, you know, pick and roll late, chuck it at the rim type thing. We just, we're just a different team overall. I have way more faith in this team than I do last year's team already. Well, yeah, in the offense, I mean, how many, how many shots did you see last year that were like a couple steps in front of the three point line? And I mean, we haven't really seen any of those yet in these four games. Um, Threes. I mean, they shot 33 of them here tonight. Um, so the numbers there up, uh, and a lot of their shots are coming from in the paint. So, I mean, TJ Warren's obviously still getting his shots up, you know, those mid range twos. Um, so they're getting, I, th- I feel like the shot selection's a lot better. Um, and then, I mean, the first two games of the year, they scored 121 points, 125 points. I mean, albeit it was against the Knicks and the Bulls, but this is a good defensive Celtics team, and, and they still managed to put up 108 points last game and 111 points last uh, this game. So I think you can tell there's a lot of different changes with the offense um, just by shot selection and, and things like that. But uh, it, it definitely, I think, looks way better than the Nate McMillan uh, pound it down, you know, to two seconds and throw up a shot, which is, you know, something we grew accustomed to. Um, and I haven't seen much of that this year uh, from the Pacers on uh, on offense. Yeah, yeah I'd and, agree with and, that. Another thing I really like about this team, and you see it with Brogdon, I think more so than anybody else, when we're taking threes, a lot of times it's early in the shot clock, um, which I like. You know, it's kind of the opposite of high school basketball. In high school basketball, you don't want to take that – if it's a, if even remotely contested, you want to, you don't want to take a three, but in the NBA, it's a little different. Obviously they're much better shooters and we're not great shooters. So getting shots up early, especially in the shot clock, when you're shooting threes, a lot of transition will really wiry on the offensive side of the, on the offensive glass. And, uh, I just like it. And obviously the more shots you get up in a game, the more likely you're going to be scoring points. I mean, that works. It's a double-edged sword. Now you've got to play defense a little more as well, but at the end of the day, I like our tempo. Like I said, we're playing with a lot more energy. We seem to be trusting what White Nate's calling, and um, it's nice. We wanted to go one and one against Boston. Obviously, two and zero would have been great, but one and one was exactly what we needed to do. And now we just need to prepare for the next game. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, another thing here is, I mean, twelve offensive rebounds given up to the Celtics tonight. We only had four, so. A lot of second chance opportunities there for the Celtics. Uh, Tristan Thompson always th- seems to be a thorn in our side. He had 10 rebounds tonight, even scoring 14 points. And then uh, you had that Peyton Pritchard off the bench, man. I mean, he's like the next Luke Kennard. Um, someone had mentioned that in the Born Ready chat that we have, that Peyton Pritchard is the new uh, new Luke Kennard to this Pacers team. Oh. God, you don't Dude, want to see good. that at all. Dude, he's, he can really play. He really can. I'm going to be interested to see what happens when Kimba comes back. Is he going to lose his minutes because he almost has to, right? Yeah, I think I think this team, up until three quarters, I thought I was dead set that this team's 
significantly better with Kemba, and then that fourth quarter happened. So <laughs> I think he'll definitely still be on the court. I mean, Stevens trusted him late against the Pacers. So, I mean, he's definitely a Luke Kennard type, and he's damn good for how young he is. I want to I want to ask this question before we we move on to the next game. Um, what do you What do you guys think about the uh, the notion that you know? Obviously, Turner started off the game pretty hot, so he he got the hot hand. He got the minutes that normally Sabonis gets. Do you like that? Do you want us? Do you want us to be that type of team, or do you want more of a set rotation? Because I think I kind of think it's a decision we need to make now as a group. You know what I mean? Is it something we can get behind? Or do we just say, you know what, maybe we get behind it with guys like TJ Warren and Holiday, but we shouldn't, you know, fuck with Sabonis and probably Oladipo at this point and let them get into the rhythm like they normally do. Yeah, if it's Turner, I mean, it's worth experimenting early in the year, kind mm-hmm. of ride that hot hand, but I think Sabonis is the heart and soul of this team. I mean, you can make an argument either way. I think it's important to get Sabonis going, but the good thing about Sabonis is he doesn't necessarily have to score, like Chris said earlier, so he's still going to have a productive game. So you need the points, and Turner's been struggling all year, so maybe it was just a message like, Turner's hot, let's, let's see if he can keep this going. seems like every year Turner's first couple games are, are horrific, so it was nice to see him have a, a decent game for once, uh, offensively at least. I just, I just I have a hard time. You know, your number one job, as a head coach is just to put your players in a position to succeed. And I just, I just strongly feel like we did not do that with Sabonis today. I think we got out of rhythm. Uh, we didn't feed him early. And I know part of that is Oladipo getting on, but at some point when you take him out of that second unit, that's where he gets going. Like we were not even worried in our chat. We're like, okay, you know, he's, he's going to be just fine because he's going to get those, the second, you know, the second backup minutes, and that's where he scores because McConnell does such a great job of getting him involved, but it just never came to fruition for whatever reason today. And I think a lot of it is because white Nate changed up the lineup. I just don't like it. I think Sabonis should have a set role. I don't care if he's over eight in the field to start the game. He's still your best player. That's just me uh, early in the season. You can experiment, but God, you want to beat those playoff teams as, as many times as possible. That's a big possible win. And I feel like we just let this get away. Yeah, we Charles Barkley. Like Charles Barkley said tonight that Sabonis is the top fifteen player in the NBA. It, <laughs> and you know what? I'll just tell you what right now. Charles Barkley's never been wrong about anything, so that's no. that's big for us. He's never been wrong. No, not at all. All right, coming up on New Year's Eve, early game, three o'clock against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are now three and one. They lost to the New York Knicks tonight. Um, which was to be expected after your brother put money on the Cavaliers to win the night. But uh, yeah, as soon as Connor put money on the Cavaliers, we knew exactly what was not going to happen. That was a Cavaliers win. So, yep. And uh, so, yeah, there's three and one, which is kind of surprising. Obviously uh, they, they do have Andre Drummond who has always been a thorn in the Pacers side. Um, just has always been an issue for them when he's with the Pistons. Uh, and then Kevin Love, he's out for the next three to four weeks. It seems like every single year Kevin Love plays two games, at least the last few years, and then he's out for like two months, and he plays another week of games, and then he just misses the season. So this is just a recurring theme with Kevin Love. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's out. 
uh, Larry Nance Jr. getting more minutes for them. They have Garland and uh, Colin Sexton um, in the backcourt. Um, Chetty Osman. Uh, I don't know if that Isaac Okoro is still hurt. I believe he's, he's not there. playing. He will not be playing against us, according to ESPN. Yeah, so uh, the Cavs, I mean, they're putting points up on the board this year. They're averaging about 122 points a game. Um, defensively, they're not doing too bad, only holding opponents to 109 points. So, obviously, it's a small sample size. But, uh, yeah, the Cavs are 3-1 and one this year. They have some decent players, like I said, Drummond, who really doesn't matter who's surrounding him. He can beat the Pacers, you know, pretty much by himself. Um, and then you add Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Garland, and, you know, some of those other players into the mix. Uh, I think the Pacers win this game, but I don't think it's a gimme whatsoever. Oh, yeah, it's not a gimme. Um, the Cavs are are frisky. The Cavs are playing like the Bulls should be playing, if that makes any sense. Like, they, they are young. Uh, Darius Garland, one of the guys, you know, I was – desperately hoping just kept falling last year in the draft and he didn't fall very far, but I think uh, he was my pick for rookie of the year last year. He just looks great. He just does. He, he looks awesome. Um, and we just know that uh, Turner is going to get absolutely shit pumped by uh, Drummond. So if you don't think he's going to be in my FanDuel lineup on, on uh, New Year's Eve, you're crazy. Uh, this is a game where we're going to, we're going to get tested with the tempo and that's cool. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be a game that we really, 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 really are going to have to win uh, with shooting because Sexton is really filling it up. Yeah, admittedly, I haven't watched a single Cavs game, but as Jake said, I agree with all of his sentiments. I mean, Drummond's like statistically one of the best rebounders of all time. For some reason, big guys like that always destroy him. It'll be interesting to see if – what uh the new Nate does other than that. I mean, it's kind of surprising they lost to the Knicks, but then again, the Knicks are one of those surprise teams. So the central division is on the line. We're both three and one. So I think this is a good, a good contest. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where we fall on this one. Cause if they, if they're four and one, that's that's the most surprising thing in the NBA after that, I would think just from where everyone had the Cavs to start of the year and they still could fall. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, they're four and one, or excuse me, three and one. Uh, the Magic they're playing right now against the Thunder, so they could very well win that game. But right now they're three and zero. Oh, so if they beat the Thunder tonight, they will improve to four and zero. Oh. But I mean, their schedule hasn't been too tough. Um, but I was going to mention right now. I'm looking at some of the scores here. We can talk about a little bit. The Miami Heat currently with three minutes left in the fourth, they're down by forty nine points to the Bucks. 140 to 91. Uh, the Warriors beat the Pistons by 10, so the Warriors get their second one of the season there. Uh, Sixers edge out the Raptors by seven points. And the other game I wanted to say, the Bulls, they went to Washington, beat the Wizards by eight points. The Wizards are now 0-4 on the season. The Bulls get their first one of the year. Wizards have not looked good. Um, Bye-bye, Scott Brooks. See you later. Yeah, I mean, go, but I love to watch it leave. But because there's just there's they have talent, they should make the playoffs 100% in the east. They're they are not they are not doing what they need to do. And I I think more than anything, they're relying way too much on um, 
if you watch them, they're relying way too much on Russell Westbrook. And the reason they're doing it is because they're not, they're not getting Brad Beal involved. He's, he's shooting almost 30% less in the first half than the second half. And it's only because Russ just runs at the rim and chucks it and he gets no open shots. It's really rough to watch. I don't know if you guys have watched any Washington Wizards games, but it's huge. I mean, Beal's just not getting involved early and they just fall behind and Russell just keeps being Russell. Yeah, another triple-double from him tonight, but still surprising to see because, I mean, the Bulls, they're just not very good. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know what's going on in Washington. Oh, and 4 I was not expecting that. Maybe it'll take a, lo- a little bit to work since, you know, kind of a new dynamic there between Beal and Westbrook. But uh, they better get things figured out because they have, you know, too much talent on that team to be 0-4 to start the season. Yeah, I'd agree. That's one of the more – I think we all had them in the top five of our Eastern Conference standings just because of the talent. So, these will all shake out in the long run. I mean, teams will get hot. Teams will get cold. I mean, we happen to be 3-0, and which last year we were 0-3. So, it's still too early to really tell, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get too worried about wins and losses right now at this, in, this point. Uh, would have loved to see the Pacers improve to 4-0 this year. And getting that second one against the Celtics would have been huge because you're playing three games against each, against each Eastern Conference opponent this year. So uh, for tiebreaker purposes, to go ahead and get that, you know, two that that two games over the Celtics, um, not saying that, you know, it's going to end up in a tiebreaker, but, you know, you never know with the way the seeding shakes out that, you know, they need needed that win tonight. So, um, unfortunate that they weren't able to pull it out, but, uh, it's the fourth game of the season. We're not going to freak out. I just, I think my emotions were high and, and I was very upset, you know, just cause the flashbacks. And then also this is a bonus points bet. I mean, that just really depressed me. Yeah. Those are two reasons to be fully depressed. I mean, we don't need to rehash the, any of these games. We're going to act like these games never happen moving forward in my opinion. Got it. And I think the last, I just, don't fuck with Sabonis' minutes. I don't want it. Don't want to fuck with it. You can mess with everybody else. And do not have Justin Holiday on crunch time when you need to spread the floor. That's a it's a McDermott spot. So we'll see if we learn from his mistakes. I'm sure he will. He's done a great job. I'm not gonna bag on him now. He's a young coach, and let's see what happens as we move forward. All right. I'm here to interrupt your auditory experience today to talk about Bet Online, the number one place to place bets this sports season. And all the sports are going on. I mean, I had the Packers minus three. I had the Jonathan Taylor over in rushing yards. Aaron Jones to score a touchdown. I mean, all of these bets and so many more can be yours for the taking on Bet Online. Here's what you do you head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all their great sign up bonuses. That's promo code ARMCHAIR. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Before we wrap this up, Hawk, I got a question for you specifically here. Okay. Would you write a check? For a hundred dollars for the Colts to make the playoffs, yes, you would. A hundred percent. Well, then I have a deal for you. Okay. You need to put money on a Dolphins, Ravens, yep, Browns, uh-huh. and Titans parlay. Okay. 
because if the Colts win, or excuse me, if one of those teams loses, you just pretty much paid someone a hundred dollars for them to uh, make the playoffs. If well, all let me stop teams, you right there. There's a hundred chance the Browns if, lose. If all those teams win, then that means you make a decent amount of money. Do you know what the odds are on that? It's got to be decent, huh? All right. Let me let me plug it in right now. Okay, so Miami Dolphins. Who are the Dolphins playing? Uh, they're playing the Bills, but the Bills okay. might sit um, some of their guys. And who are the Browns playing? The Steelers, but uh, Mason Rudolph is starting. They're going to rest their starters. It's not going to matter because it's still the Steelers. I've, I've, I've been around. I've seen this. It's just not going to happen. Okay. And then who do the Ravens play? Breaking news. I have breaking news. Uh, Connor Light has just committed to betting on the Colts on the money line. So, Oh, no. Why would you bet Colts money line at minus 910? I mean, that kid is so stupid. I think the only reason he's doing that is because he wants the Browns to make the playoffs. And this is all the Colts have to do is lose and the Browns are in. Well, the Colts like aren't going to lose to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to purposely lose. The Colts won't make the playoffs. No, the Jaguars have no reason to purposely lose, my friend. They've already got the first overall pick, man. They've already spanked the Colts once. I think they're going to give them a game again. Oh, Absolutely right. spanked them. There's, there's no Bills. Now, I, now we're in. I didn't know Connor Light was betting uh, Colts money line. That changes. Yeah, yeah, but he's, that makes me he's, super nervous. No, he's done it before. It didn't work. Um, the Colts beat the curse. Um, Can't confirm he's betting $23 on the money line. 23 if you've ever watched the movie, the number 23. It's absolutely horrific Jim Carrey movie. He's going for the full curse, boys. Oh, boy. That, that and just, just let it be and, known that that his brother is absolutely not a Browns fan. And I can and I can confirm if he bets all $23, that will take his bank account down to 50 So he's really all in here. His, his brother has rooted, I think, for six teams since I've known him. All right. I'm, I'm on FanDuel now. FanDuel has the odds. I'm... This is taking a while here. I'm, I apologize. We're going to figure this out because it's worth writing a $100 check because, in my opinion, I mean, either way, either way you win. So, I mean. Okay. So, so if you were to do that, uh, it's plus two, 241 odds for all four. That's pretty good. So, $241. Make, yeah. You can make a decent amount there. Um, if all of them win and then the Colts don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, because they're going to win. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm highly considering doing this. I, I don't know if I'd do 100, but. Uh, do it. I'm considering it because either way you come out a winner. Um, you either get money or you get a trip to the playoffs. Yeah, and you can just throw the you might as well just throw the Colts in the parlay too because I mean it's not going to change the odds much, but you might as well. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But just wanted to just wanted to let you know about that because I know that you know you'll be very depressed when they don't I when they don't make the playoffs because I don't think they're going to. I think that 
week one loss is going to come back to bite them in the ass. God, I, really, I just think statistically, one of those four teams has to lose. I just it's, it happens every week in the NFL. I mean, three of them are probably favorites. Maybe I don't. So I, I don't know. It's hard. Can we just? Can I get a quick comment from you guys on uh, Scott's comments today about Ben Roethlisberger? I don't even want to give him the time of day on that comment. That's not just, even a joke. No, it's not. It's really bad. Uh, all I got to say is you have to be severely screwed up to ever say that about anybody, number one. But number two, especially over sports, I mean, come on. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. There are females that went to college with Ben Roethlisberger that don't even wish, like, wish death on him. And you know what he did to those girls. And I don't even know – Besides beating us, I don't even know what he did to piss him off so much. <laughs> it's not like he bashed somebody with a helmet or something. I know. I mean, Scott just goes hard. I mean, he, he hopefully he gets the mental help he needs because he's clearly a mental midget. He's he's somewhat of an idiot. So that, hey, guy, oh. that guy's so far gone. He, he's just he's our entertainment at this point. We just sit there and laugh at him. He's he's the town squire. That he's the Joker. <laughs> I do. I do have one more thing with the uh, whole Colts playoff situation here. I I did. Uh, I did see. I've obviously I follow a lot of Cleveland Browns beat writers and whatnot. In 2007, the Browns needed the Colts to win in Week 17, but the uh, Colts had already, I guess, locked up the number one overall seed, um, and they elected to play Manning for one drive, and the they ended up playing Sorgi. And Sorgi lost the game for them. So now they are saying that this is payback and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play the backup quarterback. And now it's not going to go the Colts way. I don't know. I'm just telling you guys what I'm seeing. The Colts are going to be in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's okay. a done deal. All I know is, I mean, if you finish the season 11 and five and you don't make the playoffs, it's still a pretty good season. You just, I mean, they were in a really good conference this year. <laughs> yeah. And let, I mean, I've said this the whole time, and I know you guys don't believe. I mean, the Colts and the Browns, neither one of them can win the Super Bowl. Like, there's too many there's too many detriments to the teams. But it'd be huge for both teams just to make it because they're both, I think, one offseason away with good general managers already in hand. They are, they're, they're an offseason away from maybe being two of the top uh, – maybe two of the top seven teams in the NFL. So, it's just – it's going to be great to watch. I can't wait for Sunday. So, yeah, go ahead and throw money down on that parlay. Be happy either way. Obviously, I imagine you'd rather have the Colts make the playoffs, but if they don't and all those teams win, you got an extra few hundred bucks in your pocket. So, nothing wrong with that. So, anything else before we wrap this show up? I got nothing. All right. Well, are we going to record on, on New Year's Eve? Is that going to be a thing? Or I think we have to. Listen, I'm going to be hammered drunk at a party. With me, with like three or four people, actually. But listen, if, if we want to do it, I can carve out some minutes to do it. All right. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll just kind of wing it on Thursday and go from there. All right. All right. Well, appreciate you guys listening. Sad loss tonight, but we'll bounce back, hopefully, with a win on New Year's Eve to close out this shitty ass year of 2020. We'll see you guys soon. See ya. See ya.